Magazines of Monsters, episode 31, Mystery in Space, 67, from 1961. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Hey, everybody. Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here, back with another recording for Magazines of Monsters. And as the month of January is here, I was going to take the whole month off, but I could not let the month pass by without talking about some <laughs> sci-fi. And sci-fi is a crazy uh, category for Marvel, DC, Indies, all that stuff. But uh, I'm going to be going down the DC path here, and uh, I have my good buddy, Professor Allen, here to talk DC sci-fi with me. How are you, my friend? Happy hashtag sci-fi comics month, my man. <laughs> yeah, really. How about it? <laughs> I don't know. Next month is going to be a tough one for me because I do not own any romance comics. So I don't know how I'm going to pull that one off. So <laughs> there are a number. There are a number in the public domain. Ooh, there so you go. I got, if you got one of those digital comics museum apps or something like that, or those websites, you can get some of those. Some of those Kirby and Simon romances. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. I forget about those mm-hmm. yeah, public domain jobs. Although, you know, you could actually you could kind of have a cheat and get around that a little bit and just pick, you know, something that isn't a romance comic but has romance in it. You could probably yes. pull that off. Look, the the comic we're covering today, spoilers. As mm-hmm. heavy one of the great couples in DC comics. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta love uh our buddy here, Adam Strange from Mystery in Space and Alana, the love of his life <laughs> in this crazy adventure here. This one's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I just saw the cover to this one and I was like, what is going on here? So that you see a cover like this and I'm sold. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> mm, so, yeah, we're talking Mystery in Space number 67. And that's from 1961. And so how about this cover? Uh, Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. Featuring Adam Strange in Challenge of the Giant Fireflies. And they do not lie. There is a giant firefly. It is larger than Adam Strange. About 10 feet across. And there's stuff on fire. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. And he's got some kind of uh, uh, gas gun that he's (laughs) uh, trying to uh, shoo away the firefly with or or, uh, extinguish extinguish its buttocks with. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And a little space age city in the background. I mean, it, look, look, this is 1960 sci-fi, but it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff here. I can tell you what, but so, yeah. So what's uh do you have uh, any kind of a history with Adam Strange? I haven't read a whole lot of them, just a little bit in some reprints from like the seventies stuff, you know, DC did some seventies reprints, um, you know, sci-fi of these sixties stories. And I've read a few, but how about yourself? That's a lot of where originally, you know, I, in, in, in thinking about it, you know, I, a lot of these sci-fi characters to me, it's Adam Strange, the challenges of the unknown, the doom patrol, the metal men, sort of that whole group of characters. I think about having read them in the seventies, but as I've gotten older, I realized, oh, I was reading 1957 to 1964 adventures reprinted in DC specials or DC superstars or towards the tail end, you know, mystery in space or strange adventure. Some of those became reprint titles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's where you run across. I mean, I have a undying affection for you know the atomic nights for some reason. Well, I know <laughs> why 
it's because I had a, you know, a copy of one of the reprints and I read it, you know, conservatively 117,000 times <laughs> <laughs> when I was between nine and 15. So yes, I, I, I l- love a lot of this. And, and to me, uh, uh, of those characters, you know, just Adam Strange is the best. Um, such a clean, crisp space age, 1950s design. Mm-hmm. Red, a little yellow, a little white, a fin, a jetpack, and a ray gun, and a girlfriend. Come on. Well, <laughs> what, 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 what more could you want? Mm. He's a super. <laughs> he's a super science space hero. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it, there's you can't get more sci-fi from that era than this guy. He's yeah. He seems like he was definitely a template for, you know, many other characters to come later on. So that's definitely something I like about him, too. And, but. and, and, and with a lot of those DC characters, you know, you, you, you can set aside the Doom Patrol as the exception. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, again, the Challengers, the Metal Men, Adam Strange, none of them have made significant waves in comics in the last two, three decades. Mm-hmm. Four decades? <laughs> yeah, since, really. I mean, since they had significant stories that impacted, that effect that, you know, had effect that were popular. Again, somehow the the Doom Patrol, by leaning into, we're just going to be weird and own it. You know, <laughs> they've somehow escaped this. Mm-hmm. That and a lot of these characters are stuck in their, in their era. Mm-hmm. And... If you're going to, to me, if if you're going to try a revitalization of any of these characters, you got to make them period pieces. You got to, even if you want to produce in 2022 an Adam Strange story, you know, set it 1958. What What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's your, um, what, what else can you do here? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Is I it, mean, it's going to say that. To some extent, I think this is why those dastardly Fantastic Four, so-called Fantastic, <laughs> I, I, I think that's why, you know, they go through fallow periods, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, they're a space-age concept. They're really rooted in that. You have mm-hmm. to really rearrange their origin story and really make significant changes to to modernize it. So I, 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 I think to some extent they, they fall into that same trap that the challenges of the unknown or Adam strange, you know, can fall into as well, that they're so rooted in their era, which is yeah. what makes reading stories from that era. So fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what are you going to come up with in 2022 mysteries in space starring Elon Musk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what what are you really gonna do, like, in this day and yeah, age? There's exactly. really nothing you can do. This is this is perfect, and I think it's just a, a matter of getting uh, younger readers to just try out something like this, and I think you'd, mm-hmm. you you you'd be able to hook them absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love how when you go to this first splash page, you know, turn the cover and go to the first splash page here. I love like crazy exposition that just either gets you caught up with what's been going on or, you know, Hey, it's a first time reader. 
and there's a, a really good uh, <laughs> uh, paragraph here, or two paragraphs here. It says, uh, across a 25 trillion mile gulf of space is the closest star-sun neighbor of Earth, Alpha Centauri. Yet one man on Earth can instantly cross that mighty void to the planet Ran, revolving around Alpha Centauri. Adam Strange. Here he shares adventures with his interplanetary sweetheart, Alana. But never has he faced a menace so terrifying, so awesome, as the one which threatened to turn the entire planet of Ran to a cinder before an answer could be found to the challenge of the giant fireflies. (laughs) 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 That's great. I love that. Mm, and then that's a good uh, good page there too again you know like you said it's, you can't go wrong here it's a gardner fox story carmine infantino pencils and murphy anderson inks i mean that's scream that is, silver age <laughs> that is the dc dream team from this era mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're not kidding and they and just not even sci-fi they could do anything you oh know, yeah superhero stories sci-fi it doesn't matter what you put out there they could that's a team that could do anything so mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are three stories in this uh, this crazy book, and the first one is this challenge of the giant firefly. So, are you uh, prepared to regale us with your thoughts on this issue, sir? Uh, I am ready to to tell us all what happened here. All right, well, take it away, sir. <laughs> well, across this twenty five trillion mile gulf on the planet Ran, Alana, otherwise known as Interplanetary Sweetheart Alana. <laughs> arrives near the frozen Lake Albanata to await Adam's return via the Zeta Beam, but instead of her beloved, a flame creature materializes, forcing Alana to rocket herself away. Back on Earth, Adam Strange realizes that the Zeta Beam has not struck and wondered if another creature intercepted it. This happened 12 issues ago. A full six and a half days later, Adam intercepts the next scheduled Zeta Beam in the Antarctic and soon finds himself transported to Ran to an area that is on fire. Alana exposits to her beloved that the fire was a case of unintended consequences. In order to solve a food shortage, the people of Ranagar found a way to grow large vegetables. With the very minor problem that when a species of firefly ate the vegetables, they themselves grew to enormous size. These giant fireflies generated enough body heat to set everything nearly ablaze. After their sci-fi ray guns were ineffective against the giant bugs, the scientists of Ranagar created a deadly space insecticide, Oxy Spray, which I'm pretty sure they sell here on Earth in late night infomercials. I am almost <laughs> positive I've heard that for sale. Anyway, but wait, there's more. <laughs> With Alana's story finished, Adam helps her kill the last of the giant fireflies. Returning to the lab, Adam explains that the last Zeta Beam must have struck a solar prominence, one of those huge solar clouds, explaining the arrival of the flame creature. And if you think about it, Billy, it's just good science. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, realizing that the room that they're in 
is getting hotter, Adam and Alana discover more than one flame creature jumping about Ran. <laughs> and they overhear the flame creatures speaking. Look, don't ask, okay? Just don't ask. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> they're discussing how amazing it is to be on a world like Ran that has properties unlike its home. And when it was returned before, when the Zeta Beam wore off the first time, this fire creature came back and he brought some buddies with him. Then we actually, I guess, sort of do get some science, I think, maybe. Adam uses vinegar and baking soda to teach the scientists of RAN, who evidently aren't that good as scientists, this new method of fire extinguishing. Fortunately, they find some of the fireflies are still alive, and Adam has them rounded up, and then he and Alana, listeners, I don't think you're ready for this next sentence, but I'm going to say it anyway. They ride the backs of the fireflies. <laughs> because classic sci-fi. Let me emphasize. They ride on top of the fireflies, carrying with them payloads of this fire retardant. And in a totally cold-blooded move, they kill two of the creatures but leave one alive so he can go back home and warn his other buddies <laughs> that they don't want to go to Ran because they will be destroyed. To celebrate mm -hmm. their victory, Alan and Adam visit the polar region of Ran to get some cold weather, do some skiing. But just as they're enjoying themselves, the Zeta Beam wears off and Adam is sent back to Earth, making that a 25 trillion mile ski jump. The end. Cue the sad Hulk walking away music. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Adam. <laughs> wow. I mean, so this, this was this great. Story, this was clearly developed around the idea of riding giant fireflies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't know for sure if they literally came up with the cover first. I mean, that is an old DC trick. Mm -hmm. But they certainly came up with that image of them riding the backs of giant fireflies. That was clearly the jumping off point of the story to get to a story that could include those visuals. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing. yeah, me. Amazing. Yeah, Gardner Fox. You and I were talking to before we started recording about just his mind, he came up with some really crazy good stories, fun stories. Like, I don't know that I've ever read a story of his that wasn't at least fun or entertaining, if not, you know, made you think a little bit, too. So, you know, I mean, what is this, 1961, when he's writing a story about how scientists are trying to solve a food shortage? You know, I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, what, 60 years ago? <laughs> that's a long time ago to be writing about something that people still talk about today. <laughs> I mean, they... They didn't specifically call out the law of unintended consequences, but mm -hmm. it's an example of it right there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so there are, it doesn't make sense, but within the logic of the story, there are events and consequences and events and consequences and a path of 
if you squint logic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, th- when I first saw the cover and the splash page, I thought, oh, they're going to have to fight these fireflies, and then they're going to apparently tame them. But then the flame creatures getting thrown in here kind of threw me off. I was like, wow, now there's flame creatures and fireflies? Like, <laughs> There's a lot going on here, but man... Again, it's fun story by Fox, but even if the story was, let's just say, subpar or mediocre at best, the Infantino and Anderson artwork is yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It is spectacular. Mm. It is. It is. And, I mean, this is just a, such a, I mean, the whole Adam Strange setup is such a classic. I mean, it's, it's John Carter. Mm-hmm. And we can name many other people. You, you 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 get sent to the somehow through some quirk of you know plotting, you end mm-hmm. up on a in on a distant planet, and you fall in love with the beautiful girl there. And in this case, you know the the tragedy is you get you know limited amount of time there. It's such mm-hmm. it's such a smart sci-fi concept setup that you can get so many types of stories out of yeah it it does really lend itself to a fountain of stories for a long time Mm but oh my goodness yeah for on page three that was the first page where i was like wow like the three top panels on the page and the middle one especially where it shows uh the zeta beam zapping him and sending Mm -hmm. him to uh ran oh my goodness like i just oh I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, the, when you read stuff on the app like I'm doing right now, I yeah. I always prefer physical media. But if I uh, you know owned this comic, it would probably be in tatters. Yep. So I would enjoy it, but I don't know if I'd enjoy it quite this much just because this is like perfect and clear and oh, it looks gorgeous. The, the colors would certainly not be this vibrant. This no. bright. They would. I mean, they, they would have faded over sixty years. That yep. it would have been absorbed into the paper. The paper would have crinkles and, and probably be bitten. It probably would have been <laughs> eaten by by yeah, fireflies <laughs> and other bugs by then, right? Yeah, moths or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh exactly. yeah, but yeah, it's so good, so good. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Like as you said, it's just trying to figure out, you know, the whole. How do we defeat the fireflies? Then how do we defeat these flame creatures? And <laughs> I love it too. How it's like, I don't feel you'd get a story like this, the way this one ends, probably for the last thirty years, uh, where it's like, yeah. let's let the one live so he can go back and tell his others, you know, don't come over here because we're a bunch of bad mama jamas and we'll kill you too. <laughs> that was funny, you know. But in 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 thinking about that, you can see where the where the concept comes from. Because mm-hmm. that's supposedly what you're supposed to do, like if you have ants mm-hmm. in 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 your kitchen, you're supposed to let one live. Mm-hmm. So they go back and tell the colony not to come. <laughs> you know, whether that's an old wives' tale or or if that but that that probably was in the air, you know, 60, 70 years ago. So you pick up on that, you pick up on, well, we've got these firefly, we've got these bugs. What do we do? Well, we make an insecticide. I mean, you can sort of, see, you know, you can see the real world things that are wildly extrapolated on mm-hmm. to come up with the plot points uh, in this. Yeah, I do love too how Adam has to educate them on science and be like, this is how we'll <laughs> stop them baking soda and vinegar. And I'm thinking, where did he get that from? They have that on this other planet that's 
million, 25 million miles away or whatever. I'm like, what? (laughs) There is one one, uh, continuity issue here (laughs) that I have to mention, and that is that Alana's dad is Sardath, one of the leading scientists on RAND. Now, maybe that hadn't been developed Mm. by the time this story uh, uh, came up, Mm -hmm. because I know he was someone who would have figured some of these science things out. So either he conveniently is not in the story mm-hmm. or as a character, I don't know if he'd been developed yet. So uh, either way, but as a, as an Adam strange fan, I thought, hmm, where is Sardath in, in, in all of this? <laughs> yeah. Where's the leading uh, scientific mind of the planet? <laughs> That's fine. Now, now let me ask you this. Have you, did you ever have a vinegar and baking soda rocket? I did not. No. So, because I, I understood this chemical reaction, because the way these were, it had them when, when, uh, when I was a kid, it would be maybe three or four inches tall. So two pieces of, of plastic, like a base, and into the base you'd stuff baking soda. Mm. And then you'd have the, the hollow plastic tube. That was the rocket, and you'd pour vinegar into that, and then okay. you put the. You know, so that would be you know you holding that so it's so it's pointing down, and you'd put the base on that, but you know you, it would be on top because the thing would be upside down, so you you'd put the base you know press that down into the uh, the body of the rocket, then you'd flip it over, put it on the ground, and run. Mm-hmm. because that would bubble and create a gas and you know if you got the right combination and you pushed it down just just uh, uh, uh tight enough and it would pop you know i don't know 10 20 feet in the air mm, okay so there there is a reaction i don't i don't know that we ever used it as a fire retardant but you mix <laughs> vinegar and baking soda you do get bubbles and a cool a a, a cool reaction so you know there well, there there were weird attempts to throw in vague science facts or maybe things that, I mean, Gardner Fox was an old, he was a sci-fi magazine editor, if I'm re- remembering that right. And, and, and or, or agent maybe, again, I may, I, may be, I may be mixing up my silver age creators, but I, but I, I, I think he came out of the prose science fiction world or was familiar with it. And so, you know, you know, folks like that, you know, you'd scour the newspaper for any little or science journal for any little factoid. Mm-hmm. And I imagine something about vinegar and baking soda struck him. And then something about these solar protuberances or solar prominences. That's probably a real thing or a real expression that he discovered. I mean, it doesn't do what he says it does, but <laughs> what's, what's the fun in that? <laughs> you know, but it, you know, weirdly, it has these bits, weird bits of sci-fi science stuffed into them, which just make for a delightful read. Mm, yeah, for sure. It's just, it's, it's a very, even if you were somebody that was like a super science or you know major or something or like uh, somebody that works at NASA, you would still read this story and you would find it, you know, charming and endearing. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot of fun. And again, yeah. 1961, it's just, you know, that's a long time ago. Uh, 
for somebody to now read and try to appreciate because so much has happened. You know, I mean, obviously it was what, eight years before we went to the moon. So mm-hmm. it, there was, there was a lot that's happened since then, you know, as far as going to space, but uh, you know, it's still a very fun story and you just, like I said, the artwork is just mind blowing in it. There's yep. nothing like I can't look at any page or any panel and feel like, well, they could have done a little bit better here with this or with that. It's just it's yeah. incredible work. Just oh, love yeah, it. Absolutely. I, I mean, I only saw. I think they made one volume of the black and white reprints, uh, a showcase collection of Mystery in Space, but that's it. That's all I ever did yeah. with this. I think. Yeah, yeah and it's like, that's a shame because. It does look much better. I mean, I'm sure it looks pretty good in black and white too, but it, the, the colors yeah. really, really, you know, would, you know, to me, sci-fi is, you know, stuff that it, color definitely lends, uh, mm-hmm. lends some weight to some of that stuff more so than black and white, but yeah, yeah, they mandate DC. Let's go get on it here. Get a, get a <laughs> let's start, let's start collecting these things in some, you know, color, you know, trades and stuff like that. I'd be first in line. Cause like I said, I mean, I don't it, try to to try to get the original books is, you know, even some of the reprint ones are expensive. So in try to get them in decent shape, you're going to go broke. <laughs> so they'd be great if they come out with some trades. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And, you know, I don't I don't know about you, but, um, you know, when I was in junior high. You know, I had a girlfriend. I mean, she wasn't from here. She was from, you know, 25 trillion miles away. I mean, I mean, Canada. I mean, I meant, uh, I meant Canada. I mean, just, such a, I, I love the Adam Strange concept so much. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this, this clean, uh, crisp version of the, of, of, of the costume is an, is an absolute, is an absolute classic. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Great concept. The whole, you know, Zeta beam and he only can have so much time and stuff like that. Like we said, that's a great concept and a great, uh, Mm -hmm. a great way to just have a treasure trove of stories to keep writing again and again. Absolutely. Yeah. Without, without it getting, you know, boring as well. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely cool. So yeah, this is definitely like a, I would say at least like a four or five out of five kind of story for me. I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed it quite a bit and I could read adam strange <laughs> i'd love to have a collection so i could just read again and again and read through story after story to me it would take a while for me to get bored with these stories even if i read how many yeah. in a row and i don't think we said this during the recording but the dcu app is very light on the sci-fi books that they have mm-hmm. of available um you know the horror books they've been steadily increasing over the last year or so War is probably the worst. There's almost no war books yeah. on the on on the DC app, and there's such a history. Yeah, with, I mean, GI combat, haunted tank, Star Spangled War. I mean, all the unknown soldier. Just yeah, Sergeant none, Rock. Yeah, yeah, none of that. Not not none of that is there. Sci-fi is a little bit better. There's some mystery in space, maybe twenty issues out of eighty. I mean, but challenges of, of the unknown. Similarly, very few. You know, eight a fraction of, mm. of, 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 of the production. Yeah. So that's a, a lot of those early stories, they just aren't, they just aren't anywhere at this point. Yeah. That's, and that's a shame that you can't get to read stuff like that. Like I said, put it out in a, you know, a color trade and, you know, charge a few bucks for it. You know, you'll get people to buy it right now. Trades, Absolutely. trades are doing great. The trade market's doing great. It's the floppies aren't doing yep. so hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm, the collection mm-hmm. collections market is doing good, but all right. Well, 
You ready to move on here to the next two stories? Wow. Talk about crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This next one is my favorite. It's one of my favorite names of a story I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) The language master of space. (laughs) Yeah, this one's wild. And this is, again, Gardner Fox. And this is art by Sid Green. So, uh, yeah, I love this one, too. The first page, it's got a, you know, it's got a little some exposition here. It's got the paragraph letting you know what's going on. It says, Gideon Carr had mastered a hundred different planet languages, but he wouldn't be satisfied till he had increased that number ten times as much. Then one day on the planet Clyara, he was forced to do some straight talking with the strangest weapon in the galaxy to save his own life. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. My. Yeah. It's a it's a, an interesting page too there. It has him uh this uh Gideon Carr and he has like almost like a Sinestro power ring on it looks yeah. like and he's blasting a rocket ship and these aliens are cowering like oh no you know he's gonna kill us but he's saying to himself he's, he's saying to them surrender or i'll destroy you as i'm destroying your spaceship but then he's thinking to himself my fire gem weapon will work only a few more seconds if the invaders decide to put up a fight i'll be doomed <laughs> da, da, da. Mm-hmm. yeah this is a crazy one too so um yeah so i'll just uh do a little thing here we'll We'll talk about it then. It's a a man named Gideon Carr that has mastered hundreds of languages throughout space. Helps an alien being attacked by two others. As the alien is dying, he tells Carr of the fire gems of Clara and their location. As as a set as he sets down on the planet, uh, he finds his way to the crazy gem, the fire gem, and he gets the treasure. But then a pair of aliens show up. And throw a monkey wrench into his plans. <laughs> so yeah, this one this was a wild one. This is one of those ones that I thought, where did Fox think of this from? Like this is <laughs> this is kind of like his uh his the the, the zany Haney or Steve Gerber mm-hmm. section of his brain writing this one. <laughs> what did you think? I, I mean, you know, one of the things I liked about this is that this guy is not a traditional hero. Mm-mm. He has some fighting skills. He has a blast gun. I mean, he has a, you know, some of those tropes Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we see a little bit of him, you know, he's doing some undersea work and that's this sort of thing, but he's not, he's not a muscle bound guy. He's Mm -hmm. doesn't have the world's greatest hair (laughs) and his superpower is language. Mm Mm-hmm. It 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 vaguely reminds me of a character I like of recently discovered called Retief, who is in prose, short stories, and comic books, and he's like a negotiator, like a mm. diplomat for hire. I mean, so Retief's superpower is, you know, business talking and negotiating, you know, ability to come up with win-win solutions. Mm. And this guy, Gideon Carr, he has he has some action scenes. I mean, it is a comic book. But he's a similar type of non-fighting, non-power. I mean, that that's that's it's not his first go-to move, to, you know, to punch his way to a victory. No, no. And I kind of like that. I mean, he has a skill, he has a unique, he has a unique set of skills, right? But mm-hmm. it's communication. <laughs> it's it's not it's not uh, it's not. Uh, you know, uh, I have a unique set of skills. Like I'm going to come kill you. 
it's a unique <laughs> set of skills. I can understand what you're talking about. It's, 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 this is not Liam Neeson, uh, unique set of skills. But it's sort of weirdly unconventional and weirdly different. And, you know, he stumbles onto this crazy gem. It's sort of like a Green Lantern ring, like you said. It's just, it's such a weirdly different type of story. Yeah, it is. It's very different. And I like the first page, too. I shouldn't say the first page. The second page, too, where he introduces himself and what he's all about. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, every little... Uh, every little uh, one of the panels has his face and then him explaining about how he's been to this planet and that planet. And there is some really crazy artwork <laughs> here, man. It's really good by Sid Green, but all these crazy aliens he had to draw on how they communicate differently from planet right. to planet is just hilarious to me. You get, <laughs> I what, love that page. Five, five, five or six panels. Each one has a different looking type of alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're they're great too. And then how they communicate too. Uh, the one he's like, one of my favorites is the Sporans of Arcturus Four talk with colored bubbles of vocal energy. <laughs> oh man, that one looks really good. And then another one is like this guy with four arms, and it says on Delagro, the four arm natives use a kind of sign language. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's crazy, but yeah, it's fun. I like that page. Like pages like that to me are a lot of fun. I like that because. You know, it really has nothing to do with the story we're about to see, you know, that I just, you know, talked about. But it's it still lays fun. the groundwork for the character. Yeah, yeah, it really. I mean, it's only like, you know, what, like a five or six page story at the most. But <laughs> you really do get, you know, in those pages, you know who this guy is, what he's all about. It's not one of these stories where, you know, it's just random and very vague about stuff. Like you really do get, you know, even a little bit invested in this guy, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I do like that. That's, that's to me, that's a. That's a mark of a good writer there. I think Fox, that's yep. why I like Fox so much. He takes the time to do something like that, you know, to help you get to know this character, even though it's going to be, like I said, only a five or six pager and it could be a one-off character. And Shame on me. I didn't look up to see if there are any more Gideon Carr appearances, <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking there's probably not, but you never know. I would think not, but, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, that, but, but classic science fiction is all about the short story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there yeah. were novels and, and, and so forth, but that really was a later development. Um, mm -hmm. And even those early sci-fi novels were pretty short compared to, you know, the doorstops that we have uh, uh, have today. This was all about getting mm -hmm. published in the sci-fi magazines, the pulps of, uh, you know, of that era. So the mm -hmm. idea, the concept of a one-off sci-fi short story whether it's five pages of prose or seven pages of comic book, you can do that. It works. You know, it, 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 it fits in that genre. They aren't, they aren't all necessarily intended to be ongoing soap operas. Like we get with our, with our superhero types. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, it, just, yeah. It, just different expectations for the, the type of story you're telling. Yeah. I think sci-fi and horror too, you know, to mm -hmm. an extent as mm -hmm. well, lends itself a little bit more to uh, short form, uh, just like sci-fi, like you said, too. But, yeah, some really good visuals in here, too. Like I said, by Sid Green, it's it's not quite as, like, polished, maybe, as, you know, the yep. previous story with uh, Anderson yep. um, on inks and uh, Infantino. But it's still pretty good. Most of the time that I saw Sid Green's work, he was inking someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't the primary penciler, but it's still pretty good. I mean, it's, yeah. 
like I said, not quite as polished as their stuff too, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And I like it too. It's just, you know, some of my favorite pages. And like you said, there's a one where he's underwater looking for this fire gem mm-hmm. and then he finds it and he's like, I'm going to go, you know, what does he say? I'll stroll through the the city. There's a chance I'll find a library or a bookstore. He says. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he sees that alien ship landing and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, there's a spaceship. And then these two other guys show up. And so, yeah, pretty good story there, too. I had a lot of fun with that one because there are other people on this planet where he sought out this fire gem that looks like a lantern ring. But these aliens before he got there had uh, well, they not dro- they didn't drop a bomb or something like that, but something along those lines on the planet to uh, almost uh, like freeze the people yeah, like, like, like frozen in space or in stasis or something. Yeah. Yeah, like almost like time is moving so super slow for them that, you know, it's it'll take them three days just to take, you know, one step. So they're they're not able to stop these aliens from pillaging the planet and, you know, do whatever they want to do, take it over. But, yeah, he uh, it, it just kind of like that very first page. You know, like I said, he has this crazy ring and it's going to run out of juice. But, you know, you do see that exact panel pretty much again later. And he's mm-hmm. threatening them and he's like, you better get out of town or I'm going to melt you just like I did this rocket ship. And. You know, sure and enough. it's and, and 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 he is able to learn of their plans because he overhears them and deciphers their language, which yeah. is like a whistling language, I think, in, in this case, right? So, mm-hmm. Scranian whistle talk mm-hmm. that he has the skills to understand, and then he can, he, th- then he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost so like it's his superpower. It, yeah, so it 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 all comes around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't just, you know, oh, he's this smart guy, this, you know, linguist or whatever. And then, well, now he's just resorting to a power ring to defeat them. He used mm-hmm. his smarts and used his, you know, like I said, his superpower or whatever you want to call it to understand all these languages. So, yeah, it was a really cool one there. I like that. It was fun, too. And, you know, like we said, here we go, Gardner Fox. And then uh, <laughs> uh, the, we got another one here. The third one is a mystery message for from Fort Nova, and again, Gardner Fox, and this one is Gil Kane and Bernard Sachs' uh, artwork. And, and I've then, seen. Go ahead. Say, before you go too far, I think this one looks great. Yeah, this I one. I think it's, it, 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 you know, maybe it's, you know, may, maybe it has to do with the app, uh, you know, that that I'm looking at it on digitally. But the the coloring is great. It's just so crisp and clear. Mm-hmm. I, I I I I think the art in it is is in in this one is is terrific. Yeah, and the, the skinny on this one is uh, the message flashed into Earth headquarters of the Solar Legion of Space, Fort Nova, under heavy attack. In answer to the call for help, Major Manders flew through dangerous dimensional space with a new weapon to repel the invaders. Although the Major arrived at Fort Nova in good condition, the weapon did not. So that's kind of basically <laughs> what happens here. The guy gets there in time to help these guys out that are being attacked, but you know, the weapon that he was bringing that he thought would be able to, you know, help them defeat these, uh, you know, people coming in here to attack them, uh, like a radiation uh, particles or something like that. They used as an excuse that made the weapon, uh, you know, not usable or almost like, I think he says at one part in the story, doesn't he say like, if he uses it, it'll backfire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, so then that's how he uh, gets, uh, gets this story uh, to uh, go the way of the, the, air quotes good guys is uh you know he lets he lets the bad guys air quotes get their hands on this weapon and then it malfunctions on them and <laughs> that's how they uh get out of the jam here so yeah this was a fun one too it's another good one like you said the artwork in this i mean silver age gil kane 
I'm, I'm all yep. in for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do love this setup. Here, here's the thing: the Earth headquarters of the Solar Legion of Space. Now, I'm pretty sure I know what each of those words means individually. <laughs> I'm not sure they work when you put them in that order. I have no idea that that name makes sense. I'm pretty sure it doesn't, but it sounds darn cool, doesn't it? The yeah. Earth headquarters of the Solar Legion of Space. The who mm -hmm. of the what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, and he's man, I like their good. I like their uniforms too. You know, they are these crazy uniforms. Him and there's another guy, like an alien-looking guy, yep. that are partners here, and you know, they just like men of action. We're gonna jump in this ship and mm -hmm. go through these other you know dimensions and go help these people on this other planet that are being attacked. And uh, page four. I love that one too because it's got a shot like in the yeah. middle of the page there where it's got the you know the crazy spaceship flying you know through the planet there and oh man mm -hmm. I love it mm -hmm. love spaceships mm -hmm. love them. You got mm. greens and browns again in at least in in this version you always have to say that when you when you're reading something digital off the app that's at mm -hmm. least sixty years old. In mm -hmm. the version I'm looking at, <laughs> it's vibrant greens and 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 a light blue sky and browns it may not have been that originally who knows but <laughs> but it looks it, great it looks great. yeah yeah it does it looks great on the app and like you said yeah who knows what this uh if the colors were a little helped out a little bit here yeah. you know on the app but yeah like i said not quite as vibrant maybe as that uh, first mm -hmm. story the adam strange mm -hmm. story but still yeah. some you know some yellow gold red blue brown green some Really, really nice colors in this one, too. But, yeah, the artwork again. And then on page six, I think it is there, we get another rocket ship, a red mm -hmm. rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, does that look cool. I love it. That is a nice-looking that, – that, that is a, a nice-looking uh, nice looking spaceship. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a panel across the bottom. It's maybe, what, one-sixth the height. You know, it's a long panel. Mm -hmm. So they make a really long, lean – <laughs> cool looking you know sports car version of a spaceship right yep it mm -hmm. fits right into that panel perfectly mm -hmm. and the alien guys that are like the air quotes bad guys they just look like regular dudes but they have chalk white skin mm -hmm. and red and red eyes <laughs> mm -hmm. that's enough that's enough to make them look make them look pretty mean mm -hmm. yeah well yeah red if you if you're red eyed you're evil for sure there's no doubt about that Oh, but then and they, the they, mechanism erupts in a burst of molecular fury. Mm -hmm. What happened? <laughs> What's and, happening? And, and then, I, then I kind of liked at the end because of that, they are instantly encased in a block of frozen air. You know, in a, this cube, you know, 20, was a 20 yard square cube of frozen, mm -hmm. frozen ice. Yeah, it looks like a big a giant ice cube. <laughs> huge ice cube. It's just cool. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. It's what's it's what you want from you know golden age, silver age sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, our buddy here, the our lead man has to give a, a left hook to the bad guy here and <laughs> knock him down and tell him show him who's boss. And then he tells mm -hmm. him that it was uh, we knew the weapon wouldn't work and <laughs> it normally fires a what does he say the freeze pellet had nowhere to go. So it just froze over everything within range. Absolutely solid. <laughs> but I love that page, you know, that giant ice cube with the guys inside it. <laughs> it's great. What happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, and the, I'm sorry. There was 
this little page here at the very end, Our Strange Universe. Did you happen mm-hmm. to check that one out? Because <laughs> they, they, you know, I don't know if they did this all the time, but these sort of weird semi-educational, semi-factual, you know, uh, um, in in information bits about stars and, and, and gravities and that sort of thing. It's cool, cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could see how if you were eight years old in 1960, you would you would eat this up. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like those pages to me would have been like that would have been. Oh, yeah, this is for real. This is exactly how it is. <laughs> like I would have had that in my brain. Like, yep, that's how it is until, you know, maybe uh, someone at school would have told me different. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I can't remember what the other one was what the other one was all about. Let me go back here and look because there was one other information like little page there. Yeah, I think that was about different planets or something like that or different star. Oh yeah. First and last. Yeah. 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 It's talking about all these different things. Yep. Yep. Galileo and satellites and Jupiter and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. That's a neat one too. Like you said, I don't know. Like I'm sure by 2022 we're in here. I'm sure some of these, even if they were 100% accurate at the time, they probably aren't anymore just because of how much more we know now about space and things like that. I, I, I was reading something recently. It was probably a prose story from, you know, from must have been from before this or maybe even an old sci-fi novel or something. But they were talking about exploring the seven planets of the solar system. <laughs> wow. <laughs> said, OK, this is old. OK, gotcha. <laughs> well, you figure, yeah. Hey, in this day and age, if you'd have told me when I was a kid, Pluto wasn't a planet. I, I know. That's I would have told you where to go. Yeah, don't <laughs> even say that. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> so that's I mean, awesome. I, I I just love this stuff. I mean, I you know, I was a I was a sci-fi kid as early as I was a comic book kid, and to some extent, I you know I stuck with sci-fi longer and more consistently. I, and I. I put down comic books for a good 15 years at some point, but I've never stopped reading or watching sci-fi, you know, novels, magazines, TV, all that, you know, sci-fi stories have always been with me. Even when superheroes or other, other bits of entertainment have waxed and waned, you know, sci-fi has always been there. Yeah. For me, I was not a sci-fi reader when I was a kid, but I was definitely into, you know, television Right. And yeah. and film for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Just because it offered something, you know, like watching, you know, a, a horror film it was cool. And, you know, it would have you like on the edge of your seat because it was scary. But sci fi always offered something different because, yeah. you know, especially if you're a kid and they're presenting something to you like, you know, this comic book. It, it seems very real to you when you're a kid, especially when you get to not you know, 15, but even maybe like 10, you know, monsters aren't real. You know, it's just, you know, TV Mm -hmm, or a film or mm -hmm. whatever, or a book, you know, it's just made up. But when you read sci-fi, sometimes it's just like, Hey, maybe that is possible. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I really Mm -hmm. like about it. Yeah. I mean, if you believe we've been to the moon, whatever, you know, that's, that's up to you. (laughs) Uh, Whatever you say, what, whatever you say, Billy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I, but I, I, I have really been able to probably last five years or so to really jump into sci-fi nostalgia because I stumbled onto a pile of old sci-fi magazines for sale. Oh, nice. For cheap, of course. Mm. Probably at half price books. And that started me down that road, not of collecting, 
because the way of collecting that way lies madness. We all know that. Mm. <laughs> but of buying, reading, and then reselling, you know, back to the used bookstore, giving away just dozens of these, you know, digest type size, analog or Asimov's fantasy and science fiction. O older issues I've even found of things like Astounding or The World of If. These, you know, in some cases, sci-fi stories from the 50s or 60s or even even up to the 2000s and 2010s mm. uh, even and i probably have you know upstairs in multiple stacks probably you know, 50 unread wow. issues and you know a local comic shop recently turned up with a few dozen more so over the next few months i'll probably will keep adding to that total but you know sci but used bookstores and again two two of the local comic shops you know, somewhere in their buying of collections, you know, from people, you mm -hmm. know, ended up buying some of these old, I, I say old, in some cases, 60s, 70s, 80s, but in some cases, 2000s, 2010s, you know, collections wow. of, you know, someone who had, you know, I don't know, a couple dozen or 50 or 100 of these sci-fi mags and, you know, they're sitting there on the shelves. So, you know, if you're looking for that sort of thing, Use bookstores, comic shops. You may have to go digging. You may have to ask. But for a buck or two, you, know, you can find some of those old, uh, old or not so old, uh, you know, sci-fi and fantasy mags. It's just been a blast to read. Yeah, I need to get over to Ohio. I don't see any of that stuff over here. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure troves over there, I'm telling you. I tell you, exactly, exactly, totally, totally. And especially if they still have quarter bins over there, too. Oh, man. Yeah, just be, just between us. Uh, it's been a while. Oh, it's been a while. I don't know. They're, they're don't disappearing. Know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, Billy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Quarterbin's gonna be overjoyed. No more, <laughs> no more buying trips. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, it's like it's 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 like uh, it's like uh, uh, Kirk, uh, our buddy Kirk. You know, mm -hmm. it, you know, for him, you know, it's a trip to uh, it's it's a trip to Ollie's with the wife. You know, for mm -hmm. me, it's a trip to Half Price Books. Hey, at our age, those count as hot dates. I'm just saying. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Don't judge us. <laughs> <clears throat> I try to pass it off as it is. At least I can tell you that. I don't know if <laughs> the missus agrees, but I try to pass it off like that. <laughs> oh wow! Well, this was great, man. Thank you for talking about this with me. Yeah, Sci-Fi Month here, so everybody get your you know, sci-fi magazines and comics out there and read them mm -hmm, up. And mm -hmm. this is, this is the month to do it, but, uh, all right. So, Hey, so what all do you have going on? You're, I'm sure going to put out, you know, you have something here for sci-fi month, right? Yeah. What, 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 what I've decided to do, uh, this year is to do, uh, every month to do a quarter bin episode dedicated mm -hmm. to the particular genre. So we recently released for January an issue of Eternity Smith mm. uh, from the from the uh, from the eighties from Hero Comics, and uh, I've actually done a fair amount of sci-fi in general on the Quarterman. We've done a lot of Adam Strange uh, mm -hmm. over over the years there, and some Star Trek, X Files, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. various uh, various things uh, uh, like that over the years. But the plan is to have a, you know, one episode a month dedicated to the 
to the particular genre and then in the monthly comics reading journal episode to have you know a segment where i'm reading books from uh uh you know from that uh from that genre yeah, as cool. well so you know uh, so far this month that's been a little star wars a little star trek a little blade runner wow know, various various fun just uh, weird weird sci-fi comics cool i mean nice thing about sci-fi is that it's true with some of the genres but you know sci-fi overlaps with a lot of other genres mm -hmm. you know, the sort of they, there can be a fine line between sci-fi and fantasy sometimes or sci-fi and adventure if you're talking like an old you know an older like we talked to you know, John Carter or something like that. You know, you can yeah. argue that sci-fi, sometimes it's more of an adventure tale. That doesn't matter. You know, there a lot of stories, you know, titles like, I mean, a lot of science, a lot of superhero comics. Mm -hmm. You don't have sure. to, you, you don't have to s stretch too far to, 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 to consider those straight, uh, uh straight sci-fi tales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sci-fi crosses over into horror quite a lot too. So mm -hmm. yeah, there is exactly. a lot of, Exactly. Yeah, a lot of material out there that kind of crosses over. So sci-fi, yeah, that's it's a lot more broad than you think. But uh, mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah, so yeah, we were talking too about how next month then. Oh boy, look out, romance. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy, look out. <laughs> oh man. So, all right. So yeah, you're gonna do that on your quarter bin and your comics reading journal. So if anybody wants to look for you, where are you out there on there? You're out there on uh, Twitter for sure. They can yep. look for you there, right? Yep. At relatively. At, uh, Yep, relatively underscore geek for the relatively geeky podcast network. That's our, mm -hmm. that's the 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 hub of those of those shows. And of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Doom Speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, but trust me, I really need to mention that often. Okay, let let's just say <laughs> certain armor clad people are disappointed if I don't mention Doom Speak. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've never read any of the 2099 and I've heard you talk about that a couple of times. And it sounds like it was pretty good. Yeah, that I mean that 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 hit me at just the right time. And, you know, back in back in the 90s and, and I'd long considered that, you know, since then to be just about my favorite comic series ever. So I've been revisiting that really slowly and steadily. Uh, over the years, I guess I'm about halfway through uh, uh, through it now, doing a couple issues at a time every couple of months. But so far, I'm sort of, uh, I'm, I'm just about at, at at the end of sort of the first phase of it. Mm -hmm. uh, creative team changes and 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 things change, but it's it's getting pretty good, and it's more or less held up, especially if you can squint past all the '90s isms. <laughs> yeah i i usually can if i see yeah. something from the 90s and you know the writing's pretty strong it's a character i like or a team i like or whatever i can either push past maybe some subpar art or you know some of the tropes from the 90s mm -hmm. i can i can get past that but yeah here at, at the bare minimum hearing you talk about it it sounds like a lot of fun so there even if i would there read it go. and it would be like eh then I would just stop reading and just listen to you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, once again, thank you, my friend. Um, this has been great. We need to uh, do more of it on the regular. I know we're talking about doing some things later mm -hmm, on this year, mm -hmm. late spring, early summer. So mm -hmm. we'll have to stay keep, tuned. Keep everybody on the uh, 
uh, waiting with bated breath. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Billy, and thanks for giving me a reason to dive into this wacky, wild, but fun uh, little issue. Awesome. All right, I'm going to reel off a promo here quick and come back on to wrap things up. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Professor Allen for coming on. You know, uh, as I originally said, I wasn't going to have any episodes out in January, not until February, but wanted to sneak one in here quick to uh, get a conversation in with him uh, uh, for Sci-Fi Month. And uh, you know, again, thanks to him for uh, making the time to uh, talk to me about that uh, awesome Adam Strange story. So, as usual, you know, you want to leave any uh, feedback on this episode or the book or whatever, uh, magazinesandmonsters at gmail.com. Uh, you can send it there, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Billy D underscore Alicious. All right, everybody. See you next time.